Faith with a Child podcast. I'm Morgan, your co-host here with Megan, the other co-host. Hello. We are here. Um, I will be, truth be told, it's been a long week for me, which I will touch on briefly. Uh, we had mentioned in our, the end of our last episode, we we're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus and, and getting more into that aspect of Jesus' life. We're actually going to put a pause on that and do it uh, for the next episode. In part because um, we had, as a family, our first midnight emergency room run experience earlier this week. And thankfully, everything's fine now. It was a bit of crew, bit of crew, group, however, whoever. I I say, I have always pronounced it crew because I read it like who plus an R, but then everyone at the hospital was saying group. So I don't know. Anyway. That's how how I've always heard it is with the P. Okay. Well, apparently... It's one of those words I had always read but never heard pronounced until this week. So if I say crew several times just to know that I'm talking about croup. Um, anyway, case of croup, which anyone with experience knows, it's one of those things where it's enough to take you to the emergency room, but then in two days it's fine. So, yes, she is fine. We were all very sleep deprived. And so it's been <laughs> a few days of, of catching up. So we're going to actually spend some time today talking about an equally important question but one that doesn't require quite as much of the, or at least I shouldn't say require, but doesn't have for me as much of the academic diving into things that I would want in talking about the resurrection, because as I um, studied in my last class on the history of Christ in the church and the evolution of kind of theology of, of Christology, like the resurrection of Christ is, you know, one of the cornerstone, I mean, it's like the cornerstone of Christianity, but also huge source of conflict and division. So there's a lot of technical and stuff that you could get into, and uh, I don't have the capacity for that. So we're going to talk about another extremely easy, lighthearted topic, but actually I think one that that everyone else, um, that we both have experience with at least mm-hmm. uh, directly, because this has been coming up for me a lot recently. And very um, many, a lot of us struggle with. Yes, and it's equally applicable to both children and adults. And that question is, <clears throat> why is it important for us to be kind, especially when other people are not being so kind to us? Um, as you probably, you're probably hearing this question and anyone with kids already is like thinking about those playground moments or stories from school of like, so-and-so wasn't very nice to me. And, and you're trying to figure out how to explain your kids that you need to be nice to other people, but not everyone will be nice to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and why that is and, and why it's important for us to be nice, even when other people are not being nice. And so uh, <clears throat> I think it's an important topic for everyone, even that hopefully anyone, even if you're not a believer um, in Christ, is still, you know, <laughs> emphasizing how it is important to be kind, but that we have a unique um, both perspective and mandate from scripture. So Megan, with the older children experience, um, like I said, we're Nora, especially we're getting into this discussions more, but, um, I personally have probably fumbled the ball on this one a little bit in terms of like trying to move beyond because I said so, or because we just have to, because it's the right, you know, and to really think about, um, why do we need to be nice when other people are not nice to us? So, Megan, <laughs> answer me this. 
it'll be this Batman. Yeah, right. Um, well, so getting to our ever famous Rory, he obviously is my first experience of my children with this question. Um, but I, I've had to wrestle th- with this question with children long before that, um, during my time as a middle school teacher, that's always a uh, fun conversation to yes, have. Yes, because everyone in middle school is extremely nice to each other. Super duper nice. Um, but I taught at a, um, a private Christian school. And so the kids were required to, you know, behave in a certain way, um, which I'm sure they are in public school as well, but I didn't have experience with that. So I can only go with um, my experience. But we, um, I, I had to do a lot of thinking about this because it's hard, even for adults, it's hard sometimes when someone is rude to you or, you know, unkind, your, your first instinct is to lash back, to react, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it, it goes back to that whole an eye for an eye situation that none of us ever liked hearing as a child. Um, but with Rory, he had um, experiences with that, with some, you know, with friends, cousins, you know, just the little kids on the playground. And he he would come to me and he's like, "Mommy, that little boy was not nice to me. Like he 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 was really mean to me. Like I, I think you know, I think he was a bully." And um, you know, and I and I had to talk to him about how did that make you feel. You know, because with Rory, the best thing for him that I found is to get him to feel it um, so that he can then empathize with, because like I said, that child is very emotionally aware. Um, And so I was like, how did that make you feel? And he's like, I didn't like it. It made me feel really bad. And so I was like, well, honey, you know, you need to either walk away or you need to respond with kindness. If they're not hurting you, you still need to respond nicely, but why, mom? Well, honey, do you want to make somebody feel the way you felt? Do you want to to cause them to have a bad day, like you're you're having a bad day? And I said, you don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know. Maybe, maybe that little boy. I mean, this is when he was really little. Maybe he missed his nap today, and he's just feeling really cranky you know, and we need, we need to give grace. We need to accept that sometimes we're just cranky. And if you respond meanly, well, you could make that little boy's day even worse, you know, and we want to try to be kind because we want to help. But then there's the flip side of because they do it doesn't make it okay for you. Mm -hmm. You know, as Rory's gotten older, we, you know, I've had to you know, before it was, you know, well, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to, you know, but now that he's older, we've, um, in history class, we've talked about the first amendment, you know, and the freedom of speech. And there's one phrase that even, you know, when I taught middle school and, you know, teaching my own kids, I tell them legally, you can say whatever you want. Like you can, you know, you can talk smack, you can, you know, say mean and nasty things to people, but just because you can, doesn't mean you should, mm-hmm. you know, you just because someone else is being mean, just because someone else is saying things that could be hurtful, just because someone else is doing this doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's okay for you to now do it. If you don't like it, 
what makes it okay for you to do it? Well, Mm -hmm. because, well, he was mean first. That doesn't make it okay. If you're mean, if he's mean and then you're mean back, do you think he's going to respond nicely? Well, no. It's just going to get worse. But Mm -hmm. maybe if you respond kindly, maybe that'll make their day better and you'll, you know, and and maybe Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll help the situation. So just kind of talking through what it would be like for him to be like that to someone else and how that would hurt someone else, but then also making him take ownership. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it, you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what their choices are. You're responsible for your choices. Mm-hmm. And I want to raise you to be someone who chooses to be kind, to be loving, because that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, to mm-hmm. always bring it back to the cross. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't, he had plenty of opportunity, but he didn't just go up to people and start trash talking them because he was right. Just because he was right didn't mean that he was going to go and start talking smack to people. You know, he asked mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. He tried to understand. He listened to understand. He didn't listen to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't listen to respond. He was very loving and very kind. He was firm with what he believed, but he, he was the personification of, you know, turn, turn the other cheek. And, um, you know, and I, and now that Rory's older and really growing in his faith, I'm like, we are supposed to be Mm Christ-like. So we need to emulate that. So we will go and read situations where people were unkind Mm -hmm. to Jesus Mm -hmm. and how he responded with love, with grace. And I'm like, do you think that was easy for him? Nope. You know, recently, we, you know, with, with Easter, we, we mm-hmm. talked about, mm-hmm. about the crucifixion. And he, while on the cross, asked for mercy for those who put him there. That was the, mm-hmm. that was the epitome of being unkind. Yeah. <laughs> and instead yeah. of like, you know, Father, condemn them. Father, look at what they did to me. He was like, forgive them. Mm-hmm. Forgive them. And it was hard. I'm sure it was hard. And so we're, we'd be kind of hypocritical if we, if we didn't try at least to, to, to follow that. If we, if we want to be Christ-like, if we want to follow Christ, we need to try to emulate him and not just when it's easy, especially yeah. when it's hard. So, yeah. you know, so that, that is kind of where we've gone with, mm-hmm. with Rory um, and what I tried to do with my middle schoolers, you know, just really trying to bring it back to Christ's example Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because and I think it's... yeah there because that is all extremely true I was thinking too I mean sometimes it, it varies a little bit from age to age right like mm-hmm. like right now Nora's at the early awareness stage so it, some of it is just like like today actually for example she was playing with cousins and one of the cousins didn't want to play her game and so he was being mean to me he didn't want to do this and it's like well what did he say he just didn't want to play I'm like well okay couldn't tell never never did get the full story of did he reject in a like a very mean way or just say no I don't want to play that and then like walk away and then she was just offended because she he didn't want to play her game that was never fully quite made clear to me but my assumption is that yeah like the way I was talking with her I was like you know it's, it's okay you know sometimes people just don't want to play and it's okay to be sad about that and be disappointed it sounds like the game you wanted to play would have been pretty fun but he didn't want to play that and that's not being mean that just feels bad and so, like, there's kind of, like, that kind of, you know, differentiation or someone plays or says things a little differently. It's like, well, you know, there are things that people do differently in some ways. And we might, you know, 
it might seem hurtful to us, but that's not tension kind of a thing or just, yeah, like the whole, the nature of sharing and understanding what's actually being mean and what's just the reality of there's a limited mm-hmm. supply of swings. And just because someone ran to the swing first ahead of you, doesn't mean they were mean and be mean about it. Sometimes you can very clearly mm-hmm. tell, but sometimes they were just wanting to go swing and you were a little low. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, there's, there's the challenge of like navigating some of those moments. But I think too, I was thinking about this cause I, I can't even remember the exact scenario, but I think we could all agree that our kids are sponges. And so what they see us doing, mm-hmm. uh, will definitely impact how they treat others. Um, and that's why, I mean, all of these questions are obviously for adults because, and that's one of the reasons why I talk about them with you guys, because I'm assuming primarily most of you listening are also adults. Um, and so there's this kind of con- consideration that we have to do as well. Right. Yeah. But, uh, if we are not responding in grace or kindness in those moments, um, that people are, you know, um, rude or I find myself I am someone who is extremely easily riled up when I'm driving I definitely <laughs> and, I, and it's funny because I'll, I'll be kind of like grumbling usually in my head I've been trying to be more about grumbly thoughts in my head versus like because I'm also a person who talks out loud um, in external processes um, a lot and uh, that can get me in trouble when my kids think I'm actually talking to them versus, oh, just like making a general observation about the world. Um, you know, I definitely try to scale, focus back on that. Some things that I'm going to be saying, but driving is definitely a moment where I'm like, get over or, you know, use your signal next time is usually one that I have to say, end up thinking and or saying a lot on the East Coast. <laughs> Uh, God gave you a blinker, uh, kind of those kind of moments. Yeah. And then have to explain, like, even as I'm saying those things, sometimes I think about the the fact there'll be other times where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. I cut you off and I didn't signal. And I'm literally that same person. And I mean, so then you start going out. I'm like, okay, so am I being the example that my kids need me to be to see this? Because I think if you're saying one thing to your kids and then acting another way in your own reactions to other parents, to other drivers, to other random people at the grocery store, like that says a huge message all on its own mm-hmm. for kids of any age. I mean, I think it's especially true of kids as they're older and able to actually kind of challenge you with words, but like young kids are sponges and they, they might not comment on things, but they are watching mm-hmm. and learning. Oh, yeah. We uh, just this morning on our way into church, Josh and I were talking um, about I don't I don't know how we got on this topic, but we were talking about um, the the new the new seasons that our children are all in. And uh, they've they've been fun, Uh, a little on the frustrating side uh, to an extent. So um Josh and I have been, you know, talking a lot about how we need to, you know, try to be more patient and, you know, try not to get so frustrated so easily, um, you know, try to, you know, will you just get your shoes on? 
how hard is it to put your shoes on your feet? You know, and just like that frustration that just builds up. And Josh, um, he is a, a Sunday school teacher with, you know, with your Josh. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking about it. And he's like, I'm so patient with my, my little three-year-olds in our Sunday school class. You know, even if some of them start to act up or whatever, like I'm just very patient and I talk to them very kindly. And I really should extend that same grace to our own children. Like it's not really fair that the kids that I, I serve at church get one side and then my kids get all of the impatient, you know, come on, will you just get in the car? You know, and of course we're parents, we're human. We, you know, we get, but, but to try to make a concerted effort, like you were saying, to model that for our children, to, to try to talk more patiently and kindly to, to our children, even when they are, as my mom would say, dancing on our last nerve. Um, and to be the little cheeky kid that I was, like she would say that to me and I would start just like doing a little dance and it would just tick her off. Oh, sorry, mom. Um, but, but yeah, we, we really do need to, to model that, um, for our children in, in the way that we talk to others, but also in how we talk to them and how we deal with them. You know, a lot of times parents will get surprised at the sass they get from their kids or their kids like (laughs) snipping at them. And the parents is like, Whoa, you don't talk that way to mom or dad. Like you need to show respect, you know, but we need to make sure that we are also trying to be respectful to our own children. Does that mean that they get to get away with everything? Hey, no, 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 no. I am very much a consequences are a definite thing <laughs> in in our in our household. But there is a way that I can, you know, tell my child, you know, okay, well, this is the consequence for the choice that you made. There's a way that I can say it that is kinder. You know, you don't have to be, all right, that's it. You're, you know, you can, well, I'm sorry that you decided to make that choice, but this is your consequence. Like how we come off to them is how they're going to talk back to us, how they're going to talk to the world, just like you were saying. And so as parents, as hard as it is in our beautifully chaotic, sleep-deprived existence, (laughs) we need to dig deep and really try to model that, like you were saying. And don't let anybody be fooled that I have in any way mastered this, not even close. So I am preaching to myself as much as I am preaching to anyone else. And Josh can totally vouch for the fact that I am Sicilian. And uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have thoughts about I do. I do. Um, and I, I definitely have a little fiery temper that I work very, very hard to to keep reined in um, specifically for my children because mm-hmm. I don't want them to grow up with that as a model, you know, mm-hmm. and we all lose our cool, but that's where the apology comes in and that's where it's, you know, mommy should not have gotten so frustrated with you. I should have been more patient with you and I'm sorry for that, um, you know, and then talk about in, the, you know, after you make it right, but then talk about in the future, 
you know, when you're told to do this, you need to, you know, you need to listen. Um, but yeah, yeah, we need to, I, I, I'm with you, Morgan. We definitely need to be more cognitive mm-hmm. of how we're reacting, um, to, to others and to them because they watch, they really do. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's hard about this topic too, or can be hard, is we're trying to balance, right? I think especially for, for moms, and maybe this is just me speaking about moms in my own circle. But there's this sense of really wanting to make sure. I, I know for a fact this is also true for dads. Conversations for both. But I think for women and girls, we're kind of more cognizant of some of the dangers that can be seen this way. But of like wanting to make sure that our kids aren't doormats in the sen- that sense of like, we don't we don't want them to you know be the mean bully on the playground right but we also don't want one that's you know at the expense of them getting picked on all the time or being the constant target or you know things like that um, and I think especially for for women and girls there's kind of the sense of like you know, all the you know all of the, the mom boss hashtag things of like make sure you raise strong daughters who can be strong women and da 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 CEOs and and I'm like, okay, first off, we are equating, like, aggression sometimes with the traits of being a good leader, which that has its own problems, um, depending on how you express that aggression, anger, and frustration. Um, but I think, so I think it's a kind of a, a combination of, of acknowledging the fact that there is pain and hurt sometimes when people are treating us not fairly or unkindly or very meanly um, and that we can't respond in kind if we want to make the situation better, even if it feels like we should in that moment, if we want that kind of sense of justice um, and retribution depending on the situation. But at the same time, also equipping our kids to be able to say, no, that's not right, um, and figuring out the best way to address the situation and it's tricky because there's like, again, this is kind of, it varies by age and situation and the whole question of like, do you have that? Like I've kind of been telling Nora with some of her preschool stuff of like, and I am quite sure her teacher is well aware of it because it's a very small class for them. But like when you have conflict, like instead of saying just being mean or pushing a friend, like, bring a grown-up into the situation to help kind of explain what's going on. And that's partially because at this age, like I said, like Nora might say that something was very mean. was like, well, it wasn't mean. It's just not the answer you wanted to hear. And that's different. And so is it less about mediating a conflict and more about helping a child understand sometimes they don't get the kind of things that they want. And that's where having an adult can help discern that. But at the same time, there's this sense of, I don't want raise my child to be a snitch and da 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 and sometimes adults might not actually be the most helpful <laughs> in a situation depending on the on the adult um and i don't i don't really i think that's again when we think about what makes conversations like these so hard is because there's this there's kind of the quote unquote easy way out of like you need to be kind because the Bible tells you to, which is true. But at the same time, it's like the Bible is full of uh, 
many, 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 many examples of unkindness um, as a as a way of illustrating our fallenness. But like like me being kind isn't going to eliminate the fact that there is unkindness in the world and that it needs to be justice. Um, and so that's, especially as kids get older and start to really start to see some of that kind of injustice or different, just recognizing it's, it's not just a mere reality and disagreement about wanting to play something, but more like, like, you know, active bullying or just someone's being mean for a reason that they can't discern. Mm -hmm. And like we as grownups usually can say, like, look back in hindsight and be like, oh, that's a, like my you know, like hypothetical bully, like, oh, I could look back and be like, you know, they had a, I I understand now their parents were getting divorced. Like that would cause a lot of, you know, pain and frustration in a person that they would just then take out on another kid. And I just happened to be that unfortunate kid. And that's, that's not something that most kids are going to recognize in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but at the same time, it's like, you also don't want that kid to be taking out his or her aggression on another kid. Right. And it, and it gets into that question of how much do you intervene with other kids? And I, and maybe I'm thinking about this more about the fact because I, our kids are young, but I already have the sense that if we're staying in our neighborhood for a long time, like ours is going to be a gathering house space. Like that's what we want our house to be is a place where kids feel welcome to come and hang out here. Um, and obviously that leads to a different kind of relationship than maybe a parent who, whose kids are mostly gone visiting other kids or they're just not having the kids over. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, uh, it gets messy really quickly. And you start getting into different parenting styles and different parenting realities. And, and uh, yeah. I guess the other question, too, on that front. So we've been talking about this from kind of a... a uh, like we've mentioned faith here and there, but it's, I feel like most of what we've talked about is pretty true universally, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something unique about Christianity, at least I like to think, believe very strongly that there is, that if we, even setting aside parenting, we, um, we are called throughout scripture over and over again to live differently, to, to be differently, basically. And, I feel like like kindness is a big part of that because we're, you know, we're mirroring God's love, right? Mm-hmm. But we're living in a time where I guess and this this might just be a factor of kind of who's in my circles, both people of faith and people without faith, where it feels like like sometimes well we have, you know, there's tendencies to weaponize Bible verses mm-hmm. in ways that aren't helpful. But there's also this sense of a secular, I guess secular religion, I think religion is quite the right word I'm going for, but the secular like tendency to be like, you know, this, this drive for justice and, you know, things need to be made right. And you need to like, your feelings are your feelings and your, like your reality is what is that. And like, you know, kind of the, the idea of infringing on others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that can very easily set us up for conflict of like, you know, where the ideas can stand, like, there, there's, there's like a growing tendency in some ways to at once want to be more open and welcoming 
and um, understanding of, you know, the trauma that impacts people's background or just the different things. Like you say, like, you never know if those that kid's having a bad day or what has led to this point if they're acting this way. While also at the same time being like, how dare you, you know, treat me this way or like do or say things that hurt my feelings, even if they're perfectly valid, honestly. But setting aside anything that's actual bullying, like I don't like to hear that. Kind of getting back to that that three year old sense of that's not the answer I wanted to hear when I asked you to play with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like we're kind of normalizing this for adults, and I feel like that's going to make it that much harder. Uh, do you get a sense of, about this? Because like this is where I'd like to think that Christianity can kind of help us be different again, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we have fully recognize or embrace sometimes yeah and um i see where 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 you're going with this and um like josh and i were recently just having a conversation about this slightly slightly different topic but same basic idea um and what i keep coming to and it's it's something i feel like a broken record and i feel like it's very cliche but i just keep going back to the cross and how well to Christ and just how did he handle these situations like he came here so that we can emulate him and he dealt with a lot of these situations and how did he do it and how did he navigate he befriended people who thought differently than he did he showed love and kindness to people that did not agree with him at all Mm-hmm. You know, he, that's part of the reason why he got in trouble is he yeah. ate with sinners, you know, mm-hmm. like God forbid he show kindness to those who needed him the most. And, um, I, we just, just yesterday, Josh and I watched that new movie, the Jesus revolution. And, mm-hmm. um, and in it, this, there's this pastor and he's getting chastised by a bunch of people from his church because he's inviting people that are different, that they don't even, some of them don't even wear shoes. They're going to get the carpet dirty. Like, and, and this pastor's like, where are they going to find Jesus if we don't welcome them in a church? Like, how are, you know, if we don't show love to them? And, and it's kind of, again, you know, not, not going too far down that rabbit hole, but the basic principle of love. We are called to love. Mm-hmm. Jesus came mm-hmm. and loved. He, he loved. And everything that he did, he showed compassion, mercy, mm-hmm. grace, mm-hmm. kind, you know, just love. And that is what we're called to do. And I agree with you. That doesn't mean that we should just let our children be doormats. That doesn't mean that we as adults should be doormats. You do not have to take abuse you do not mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. take bullying, you know, and but that's something that it's our job as parents is to teach our children to recognize the difference between a child having a bad day and a child being a bully and a child having behavior that is like borderline abusive behavior like mm-hmm. and and to teach our children from the from the youngest they can understand what is and is not acceptable, but then also how to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know, telling them that it is okay to walk away. If there is a child at the playground that is pushing you, 
you walk away. You know, if they are hurling very nasty insults at you, you know, you can say, that doesn't make me feel very good. I Please stop. And if they don't, you you walk away. Like you don't have to sit there and take it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But what we want, what we're trying to get at is if they're doing that, respond to them in kindness. Be like, you know, whatever the situation, um, respond in kindness, but then know when to walk away, when to be like, okay, this is no longer a safe or healthy situation, whatever that looks like, you know? But, you know, because that's how we're, that's how it was modeled for us. The, the speaking lovingly. He never mm-hmm. backed down. He never compromised the truth. He never, com- you know, Jesus never compromised his beliefs, but he was kind about it and mm-hmm. loving about it, except for when he flipped the tables. But you know yeah. what? But there's also, I mean, there's also there's... scripture passages that talk about him walking away and some of it mm-hmm. is to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, the crowds, you know, stoning him or throw, basically killing him before chosen time. Yeah. But like, he would walk away. He did. He I'd... modeled it for us. Mm-hmm. He showed us. He took, he had all of these things. He had the bullies. He had the people having a bad day. He had, you know, the, the abuse. He had all of these situations and he showed us how to respond, you know, and we have a responsibility to then take that and teach it to our children to where we can teach them how to speak up for themselves, but also speak kindness and love. And as adults, or even those of us with older kids, um, I don't, ha- you know, obviously I don't have older kids myself. As you all know, my oldest is just, is going to be eight next month. But I've had the experience with the middle schoolers and I was a child myself once, <laughs> way back many moons ago. Um, but it, in this day of social media, you oh. know, where it's so easy, I don't know if this is the... A, a rabbit hole you wanted to go down, but um, I can I can be brief on this. But I feel like we can't talk about this topic without at least mentioning mm-hmm. social media because how easy is it to be unkind when you're not looking in someone's eyes? How easy is it to be unkind when you're making generalization statements and you rationalize it by saying, "But I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. But this is mm-hmm. my truth." Okay, that very well may be true. But going back to the lesson that I'm teaching my five-year-old, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just mm-hmm. because you have the platform to say whatever you want, we are called as Christians, Jesus calls us to be lights in the world. And is what you're saying building someone up? Is mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. making someone's day a little better? Is it making them want to know more about this Jesus person? Mm-hmm. Or is it just making you feel better because you're ranting all of your frustrations on social media and think that there are absolutely no consequences? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's something where people are willing to lose relationships. If somebody, well, if you don't like what I say, get off my feed. It's my Facebook. You know what? That's true. You are welcome to say whatever you want on your Instagram on your Facebook. It is yours. You are perfectly welcome. 
but people are welcome to walk away if it gets to the point to where it is ruining their day. If it, mm-hmm. you know, but is that going to help show people Christ in you? Because last I checked, Jesus did not stand on a rock trash talking people who didn't agree with him, mm-hmm. you know, calling well, people gets- names, you know, yeah. calling them, you know, and like just being nasty and then just and then being like oh but i agree with you so it's okay when you do it mm-hmm, but i don't agree mm-hmm. with you you are a jerk you know mm-hmm. like it it's it's that li- there's that line of are we being light to the world mm-hmm. you know not pushovers but light mm-hmm. so yeah there's the old adage of would jesus what would jesus tweet and I, I, uh, yeah. in these days, this day and age, I am increasingly convinced that Jesus would not be on social media at this stage because that's not the way he rolled. Uh, he was relational. Yeah. And I, but I, I think too, it get, kind of to get back to the earlier conversation we were having about how you model for your children, mm-hmm. I think there's sometimes this sense of like, oh, you know, especially for those of us with younger kids who don't have social media accounts or don't really mm-hmm. understand. In my case, my kids don't know how to read, um, who don't like, you know, view our our social media engagement mm-hmm. interactions. Um, there's a sense maybe that it's like, oh, you know, it's okay because they they don't see this yet. Mm-hmm. But I think there there were so many articles about how when we were reemerging from the pandemic, especially in for those of us in industries and states where we did kind of fully do the whole isolation shut down work remote as much as possible, like um, social distancing kind of thing where it was like people have forgotten how to engage and interact with each other and have basic small talk and da 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 da. And I'm like, I mean, yes, that's true from the pandemic, but I think that's, (laughs) that is just exacerbated a trend we were already seeing of how people's like what, you do on social media does actually kind of start to shape how you have conversations with people Mm -hmm. in real life for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think unfortunately for those of us who are kind of in the sense of like, we want to be better models. We just tend to be also be the ones that go quiet or get off of social media because we just don't see much value in it. Or at least that's been the case for me and many Mm -hmm. of my friends. Um, in part because it, it like it's it helps keep in touch in some ways at least that's the way i use it but it's it help it can help kind of keep a relational connection but it's not relational in its most common usage anymore i don't mm-hmm. think um and there's a whole lot of reasons and study for this the, there's a really good article i'll find it and link it in the show notes from um, Jonathan Haidt, who I can't remember if he's a sociologist or a psychologist, one of the ists, but he had a um, whole article, I think it was in the Atlantic, but again, I'll link it in the show notes, but basically kind of like his hypothesis is that it, social media kind of really shifted in when the Facebook introduced the algorithm for advertising which was i think either 2011 or 2012 and so like basically once it became instead of being a chronological news feed it went to 
whatever has the most engagement or likes or was paid to be kind of near the top, that's when the tone and the um, overall impact of social media really shifted. Mm-hmm. And and I there I have there, there's some different quabbles I have with um, some of aspects of his argument because he he really gets into like and this is what is contributing to like rising depression in kids and da 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 and I'm like I definitely think it's a factor I don't know if you can say correlation causation whatever that's a that's a different discussion but I do think like I still use Facebook especially kind of the way that I first encountered social media in you know the late aughts um early 2010s before the algorithm of like this is for sharing pictures of my family life updates like seeing other people's pictures and generally trying to avoid advertisement <laughs> and finding kind of cool things that way. And so um, for me, the algorithm, like it can help feed things, but like I don't tend to, you know, respond or react to things. Whereas if you're someone who's really like liking or they found actually like one of the things that came out in the Facebook files, leaks and stuff, um, whistleblower stuff, was that they gave more um wait to when they inter- went from having just the like the thumbs up button to having you know all of the reactions that you can have of like love or laugh or be mad they gave more weight to the ones with the mad than they did to some of the ones with like the love because they found that it got more traction that way and then thus you know drove people to stay on social media longer which drove up their advertising revenue all that good stuff which is all that is to say is social media today is not designed to promote healthy relationships or healthy relational interaction. And I think that's where when we think about ways to model being kind for our kids, especially for those of us with kids of the social media age, that's a really important discussion to have, right? Of like, it might not feel like it matters or is as important because you're not having those face-to-face conversations, but like what you do impacts how you react in your day to day. And yet like there's also this generational difference, right? Like we as parents, like you and I are of a generation where we kind of have navigated like that transition of like having had social, not social media and then social media, but like our kids are going to grow up fully immersed in a social media world. And we are as a generation are generally poorly equipped to help them navigate some of this because we're still figuring it out ourselves and that makes it extra challenging too for how because I, I yes there I do think you could have a whole other podcast on how, why do we need to be kind online <laughs> versus in person but I mean it, it all has that same root right of Jesus told us to but there is it's so much easier to disassociate ourselves from our unkindness online than it is mm-hmm. even in person and yet there's so much spillover I mean, I think that's a huge part. There's several different factors, but I think that's a huge part of why there's so much more anger and tension and just day-to-day interactions and living and like all the the unrest on planes and bad customer service interaction and all of that stuff. Like, you know, it it kind of trickles out everywhere. It's like a poison. It doesn't stay in one spot. Once you're infected, it goes everywhere. Um, Several... I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was last year. It might be last year sometime. I don't know. Years are all time is a construct. Um, But uh, 
our our former pastor was was um, talking um, on uh, something along these lines, and he recommended a book called "Thou Shalt Not Be a Jerk" mm-hmm. by Eugene Cho. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, of course, went out and bought the book, um, and it, you know, it, it gets into more of like the the political realm and things like that. But like the the overall arching point of it is you can not agree with someone and speak to them with respect. You can sit and have a conversation with someone and not agree on a single thing mm-hmm. and yet still show them respect. And that goes beyond the realm of politics. It go, you know, with faith or with, you know, whether you're going to play my game my way or not, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. there is just you can disagree and still show respect. You know, mm-hmm. um, my kids, they'll, they'll argue with each other. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times a day I hear, Rory's being mean. Kelly's being mean. Awen's being mean. That's like the phrase for them mm-hmm. when, like mm-hmm. with Nora, because somebody does something that they don't want to do or don't do it their way. But one thing I've been talking to my kids about is you can do it. You can say that, but could you, you know, could you show them more respect? Could you talk to them with a more, you know, with more kindness in your voice? You can disagree. You can be, you know, you can, you can disagree. You can, you cannot like what they're saying, but you need to talk to them kindly. And it's the same for social media and for, you know, this new, this new way of communication that, that is, just part of our world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have a Facebook. I use it, as I've said before, to, you know, look at pictures of my friends, kids and funny memes, you know, like nerdy Lord of the Rings memes and, you know, things like that. Like that's, that's what Facebook is for me. It's not a platform for me to vent my thoughts about the world. But you know what? That doesn't mean that venting your thoughts on Facebook is necessarily a bad thing. I just feel like there's a way that we can do it to show more respect. You know that mm-hmm. that old phrase, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. whatever the phrase is. Um, but it's true. If you say something with respect, you may not get the drama, you know, of the like the 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 comments where like people are going back and forth. I've never met you, but I'm going to make all these generalizations about what I think of you because of one comment that you made mm-hmm. and it's like this 35 comment argument you may not get oh, the drama if you if you speak your thoughts respectfully but you may actually get someone to hear you you may get someone to actually be like you know what I don't know if I agree with that but could you tell me more you you never know um and those are the kind of conversations that I personally I've had those conversations like I've had the 35 comment thread on Facebook before and I've also had like the three or four hour long whining conversation in person at late at night mm-hmm. either in college or post-college like at different parties with friends and things and um the ones that are in person I love so much usually because there's food involved which is always <laughs> makes things better but but the ones on Facebook just stress me out beyond belief and it's like and I because I am one, I, I love to bounce ideas back and forth. I really in, love engaging in forums and discussions like this. It's one of the reasons why I love podcasts so much. 
but yeah, when you have it <laughs> written down, you know, really quickly and people are just making assumptions, like again, it that you could have you could have a conversation that I mean honestly would probably make some of the same points in person versus online, but like the tone like you'll you you could see so much more out of body language for one. Tone that of voice can, because facial. like yeah. Yeah, like I remember getting mad at my brother once because I thought he was saying something sarcastically. And because he put something in quotation marks, which at this point is pretty universally like mm -hmm. if you do it this way, it's definitely being seen as sarcastic. But he was not one who wrote online stuff very often. So he didn't. He was just kind of using it in the sense of like, this is how what everyone calls it. That's not necessarily what I would call it since. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that led to a, a bit of conflict for a little bit. It's like, oh, wait, actually, no, he really wasn't trying to be sarcastic. But um so even just like things like that, that never would have happened. That kind of misunderstanding would, well, I wouldn't say never, but very likely would not have happened in person because you would have had, you would have had the benefit of both tone of voice and body language and the chance to be like, like, you know, if, if they see a, a strange reaction on your face, be like, oh, you know, I mean like this, like kind of clear, instant clarification mm -hmm. of a point versus like, oh, I'm going to just assume the worst. Mm -hmm. And I think, and this I think is probably a good kind of note to close on but um i cannot remember which book i just read it in or it was probably actually on a podcast if i think of it i'll include it in the show notes but i don't i, I don't know if it'll come to me because it, it's kind of one of those general phrases but it's, it's such a good one in the sense of like instead of assuming the worst um from the beginning which i think especially online but just in general you see this especially with people strangers you know and i think it gets to that kind of immediate three-year-old tendency of if any reaction or any interaction um, happens in such a way that I don't like, I'm going to immediately assume the worst of someone or I read something and I'm going to assume the worst of someone instead actually approach it from the thought pers the thought um, like when you're reading something or engaging something like, and it's really hard to do in, in, in the heat of a moment in person, especially, but like to start training yourself, this is where actually social media can be helpful to be like, instead of me automatically assuming the worst that this person is like going from the worst let's let's try it from assuming they actually are being honest and truthful and um they have the best of intentions and obviously there are going to be times where that is very clearly <laughs> there, there's not much grace that can be given to certain comments or interactions but like in general to be like they're just they're they're coming maybe they're coming from a point of frustration and that's just how they're expressing themselves but they really don't mean it or like in an in-person conversation or, or or like that kind of conflict on the playground where it's like this is a kid that really just wants to have this ball and doesn't want to play with you and so he's reacting in a very mean way but he doesn't necessarily think he's being mean to you he just really really wants the ball like just changing some of that kind of shift away basically shifting away from a me-centered focus to a them-centered focus of like trying to basically put yourself in those shoes, I think can be so difficult, but so hard. I, I just said the same thing twice. So difficult, but also so important. And so helpful in really getting into that mindset of like love, because I, that ultimately is the example that Christ has for us, right? Like he loves us and he loves us so much that he became human. And as the message, um, Eugene Peterson's message puts it in uh, John one, it, he, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Like he literally came here to be with us 
and walk in our shoes for a while. And so I think when you when you start to try and kind of get out of your own mind into other people's minds and, and assume the best of when you're doing that, um, at least to start in the best of intentions, that gets you one step closer to having that mind of Christ. And so then that's the challenge, I guess, is trying to figure out how to teach that to younger kids, which mm -hmm. super young kids aren't probably going to fully grasp that, but that's where as they get older and you can start diving into some of the Bible studies more and Bible stories, you can really start seeing that come through, especially in the gospels. And it's hard. It's mm -hmm. okay for them to know that it's hard and to know that it's hard for you. And that you it's know? okay that they have bad feelings about it, that they're, yeah. they're sad or frustrated or, because mm -hmm. there is oftentimes when there's conflict, there is a sense of right or wrong. Sorry, I just tipped over my water. Mm -hmm. Uh, right or wrong there is a sense of injustice mm -hmm. whether rightly or wrongly perceived but like that there's something that needs to be fixed mm -hmm. and there always needs to be something that needs to be fixed we live in a broken world and so there's always going to be that sense right and that mm -hmm. is the source of a lot of our pain when we have these conflicts yeah it's it's definitely hard rory is is experiencing that like we we've had to have that conversation if your sister grabs something from you that wasn't very nice. Does that give you permission to go over and grab it back and push her down? No. You you know, you that one one unkind act or gesture or comment does not justify another, you know, and sometimes you have to walk away. Like Jesus, mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to go regroup. Like go to your bed, go to, go to your wilderness. Go sit in the wilderness by yourself. <laughs> you know, go to your room, close the door. Relax, calm down. When you're ready, come down and talk it out, you know, but. And don't be hard. afraid to call out that moment of you took a toy you weren't supposed to take because yeah. it was in my hands. Exactly. But, but I'm like, and it's best to deal with it in the moment. But if you can't do it in a kind way, mm -hmm. it's okay to excuse yourself and walk away. You know, there are times when I've had to be like, all right, bud, I love you. And we're going to talk about this, but mommy needs to take a minute. Why? Because I'm not going to respond very well if we continue this conversation. And he's gotten to the point where he realizes, okay, I am not going to push you, you know, but he sees that I'm walking away, that mommy is needs to get a grip, needs to, you know, because I can't, I, I'm human. I can't handle this appropriately right now. Mm -hmm. So I need to go step back. I need to go up to my room and I need to shut the door and I need daddy to make sure your sister doesn't follow me. Because, you know, I, I have my little, my little minion, my little oh, mini me. me who just follows me everywhere. But I need to go take a minute. And then when I'm done, I come back, we talk it through. But I'm like, but that it's something that we need to teach, you know, because that's what was modeled for us. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we forget that because Jesus, you know, didn't have three kids, you know, six kids, whatever. He had the We're disciples. like, oh, well, how is that applicable to us? <laughs> you'd be surprised just how applicable his situations are to us. Jesus didn't have social media, but he showed how to respond to a lot of different situations that can be made to give us a guidebook for modern situations. You know, he was very, mm -hmm. very good at doing that. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's hard, you guys. It is ridiculously hard to respond with kindness, but Jesus did it. And we need to ask him 
sometimes plead with him for the strength to do the same. And sometimes you have to remember to be careful what you wish for because, like, I pray regularly. Don't ever pray for patience. Right. I was just about to say the same thing. (laughs) Because if you pray for one of the fruits of the Spirit, then you're going to be put in a situation. You can only grow those things Mm -hmm. when you're tested in a situation where you could very easily not use said thing. Mm -hmm. So if you want to pray for gentleness, you're going to be presented with situations where it's very tempting to not be gentle. That doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for them, but get ready. Just be prepared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that is a good note to end on. So thank Mm -hmm. you, as always, for listening. And uh, we will get into, well, I should say, we most likely will, Lord willing, because apparently, you know, plans change sometimes. But we Mm -hmm. will get back to the discussion about Jesus' resurrection. Because uh, it is still Easter tide. It's still the Easter season for a few more weeks. So, uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, if you have any questions, comments, other questions that you want us to answer in, for a future episode, you can send us an email at faith like a child pod, P O D, at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook page, um, Facebook group, I should say. There's a link in the show notes. And, uh, If you like this episode, share it with your friends or family, like and subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Uh, And until next time, we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.